Welcome to another episode of the Vineyard Nordic podcast. The Vineyard Nordic podcast is the best way to stay up to date with the latest news and inspiring stories relating to how God is at work in the Vineyard Nordic community. The thing that helps me in silent retreats and this kind of, you go to the source, you go to the place where you can start. God started from mm. silence. Mm. And that is kind of the foundation to go back to with God mm. in the silence and start from there. That's the source. Today I'm happy to have Erika Koselina from Helsinki, Finland with me. Erika is part of Helsinki Vineyard where she has also been serving both as a kids pastor and as a part of the leaders team. In today's episode we talk about good and healthy rhythms in life where times of rest and Sabbath are included as a natural part of our daily routines. She shares freely from her own experiences and challenges in life and how rhythms of rest and being in God's presence has been a crucial part of lasting in the long run. I hope this episode and what we are talking about will inspire and challenge you in times ahead. Let's go! So again, very welcome to this episode of the Vinya Nordic podcast. And today I'm very happy to have Erika Kusilima here from Finland, from Helsinki. So yeah, very welcome. How are you doing today? Oh, thank you for having me. I'm doing very well because it's sunny shining. We're having our winter holidays this week and my daughter is having her friend come over so i'm just looking for the joy in the snow because we've got lots of snow during the last two days but just not to give you too sunny answer to this there's also you know things going on there's always challenges as well to go with the harmony so it seems to me that getting like middle aged and so on there comes a somehow a complete new set of feelings and discomfort zones that we need to tackle and grow yeah. up from. Yeah, that's good. And if you were to describe yourself with three words, what would those be? Three words talking about my daughter. The one word that first comes to my mind is mom. So That is kind of the most important title that I have ever had and will ever have. So that is the most important title and the most important role that I have. And it's a privilege and honor, maybe because I came mother very late. So that is also maybe a reason that there's lots of emphasis in that word to me. Mm. So that's one word. The second word to... Uh, to kind of tell more about me would be monastery. And that tells many things, maybe from the light side, it tells about my favorite film, which is Sound of Music. It has always been it. <laughs> It's always going to be maybe till the end of times. But yeah. monastery is something that symbolizes lots of things that it, that are important to me. Yeah, in the what way? The distance, the retreating from the everyday life to today to take distance is to have perspective and to look at your life from a new perspective, from a distant kind of place. And you see more clearly from a distance. And when you look with God, because presumably in a monastery, it's something to do with God. <laughs> so 
So when you look with God from a distance, things start looking more clear. So that's why monastery. And the third word, what would that be? Yeah, the third word would be wounded. And that tells me and that describes me well, because during the life, there has been suffering and you cannot avoid it. None of us can. And that's why during the course of life, we get wounded. And so have I. I have the scars to prove it. And being wounded means also that you need something. And I need the one who can cure, the one who can comfort me, the one who can lead me through suffering, not over it or not past it, but through it. And the one who can do that is the best father that we have and the best brother that we have who walks beside me and the father that does not give up on us and has not given up on me. Yeah, that's really important. And for people who don't know you, what are you doing in life at the moment, like uh, work and so far? Yes, well, as work, I have been working earlier. I worked also in Helsinki Vineyard. I led the kids ministry there for three years, and I was also there a member of, of the staff and of the leadership team. It was a fruitful time. And, uh, and now in last October, was it, a wonderful lady came and, uh, and continued from that. But for the time being, I'm working in my family business. So we are doing interior design and uh, working with furniture business in Helsinki area. So that's what I have done also earlier and I'm doing now as well. In addition, I guide silent retreats in the church, also in the Lutheran church. And I have done that for over, I say, 10 years at least, maybe even 15, time goes by. And also in Helsinki Vineyard, we have had a contemplative group that I guide. And I don't like the terms so much, but very simply said, it would be like listening prayer group mm. that I have been guiding. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward for this talk to where we will talk more about having time of rest and Sabbath and all what that means. And I mean, as you share, you have been doing a lot of those retreats and other practices around this. And I think it's a, such an important thing for us to include in our lives. I mean, especially me, I have been thinking a lot last year and we've also been talking about that in the youth ministry as well. Like how do we build healthy life routines that includes time of rest uh, and not rest to rest more, but rest to be able to do what we do. And then we draw back a time and then go back and, and forward. So mm -hmm. I think it's really important. I'm, I'm really looking forward to talk about that today. But before going into that, I also would like to ask you some short questions that we normally do here in the podcast to get to know you a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And you're living in Finland and it's actually the first Finnish guest we have in the podcast. And what's the best thing with Finland, you would say? <laughs> Good question. Well, at the time being, I would say that the best thing in Finland is our nature. And you can relate on that as well in Sweden. But our nature, that is, that I have started to call God's living room. That's good. And I mean, you have all the mountains, I mean, snow, and it's such a good place to go if, I mean, go skiing and going in the winter time. I would say. It's really nice. And also, like, if you were to share one thing that not many people know about you, what would that be? That many people don't know. Well, I'm quite good at crafts and 
not so many people know that. My grandfather was a carpenter. <laughs> and my secret thing is that I love crafts and I do them quite a lot, but I don't show them to anyone. But I really enjoy them and it's like therapy. <laughs> yeah. And what kind of crafts do you like to do? Well, for example, now I'm doing plant hangers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those things you can put in the window. Or... Yeah, do you need some? I can send to you. <laughs> yeah, you can send me. <laughs> That's good. What is your definition of leadership? Well, one thing that comes to mind instantly when talking about leadership is leading yourself and leading your own life. And in that sense, also, I would say that leadership to me is something to do with life experience gathering life experience and learning all the time. And from that, there comes this, I call it inner charisma. <laughs> so that is something that you kind of obtain during the course of life, this kind of inner charisma, when you want to, especially when you want to go with God in your life. And it's something that doesn't necessarily show outside. Mm. So that is something that maybe glows, you can kind of sense it, but it doesn't appear in, for example, when you talk of like executive statuses or titles. I think that what you share is really important because often we, when we talked about what is the definition of leadership, we always talk about other good things as well, like the ones who go before, you know, showing the way, doing the work. And those are all good, but mm -hmm. really talking also about the self-leadership and like work on your own character. It's such important to be a good leader mm -hmm. for others. So uh, yeah, I really like that one. That was good. What is mm -hmm. one childhood mm -hmm. dream you had? Childhood dream that I had was to be a person who, who works in an airplane. So who flies? I don't know. Was it a stewardess or then the one who flies <laughs> mm, yeah but somehow i wanted to fly <laughs> okay that's good <laughs> and what are you passionate about in life well i would say i'm not lying much when i say that i'm passionate about this inner charisma <laughs> to also get that and to share it with my daughter for example and to lead her into to life where she can kind of look life from a perspective that she can gain kind of a well-being that is to do with God-like things and not so much of the world-like things. To get that kind of perspective and to give an inheritance to her through my life. And I'm learning myself all the time from that mm. as well. Yeah. So we're good. not ready. <laughs> no. So to work on the inner charisma, that's good. So in this podcast, we normally ask these questions to all our guests, like what are three situations or happenings in your life that have shaped who you are today? And what were those turning mm -hmm. points? So if you were to share those with us from your life, it would be so good to hear. Well, first of all, I want to say that this is a wonderful way of uh, interacting and getting to know each other and to reflect who we are and to have yourself out there to the people who are listening. First of all, one incident that came to my mind is something that happened to me when I was 20 plus. I don't remember exactly, but it was a time when I was suffering quite much of severe insomnia and also panic disorder. And insomnia in particular is quite nasty thing to experience. And I didn't know what to do with it because I was so young at the time. So 
So there was a very powerful experience that I had one night where I was being wide awake in my own bed. But one night there was um, there came a light statue in front of me, and it was an angel. That light statue came there beside my bed, and it put me asleep. Wow! I cannot explain it, of course. But after that experience, I heard that one group of people were praying for me that particular evening. And I did not know that, of course, beforehand, but I, for some reason I had this knowledge afterwards. And kind of despite the fact that this was just one, one time experience, quite brief, in fact, and I, it's a mystery. But after that experience, I have always known that whatever happens, and no matter what kind of thing I'm going through, or if there's difficulties, or, and of course, I still after that, I suffered from insomnia, it didn't disappear. But after that, I had the knowledge, I knew that whatever happens, I'm not alone, and that God is there, and that he knows what we are going through. Mm. And how would you say that affected your like life at that moment? You were quite young at that age. How was it affecting your life at the moment with what you were mm. doing at that time and so on? On that time, it was just one incident that helped me for that time being, but then it, it didn't like change me as a person or anything like that in that time. But that uh, knowledge has carried me through lots of things. It has been, I would say that it's like an insurance policy. And also that, that I can go back to that knowledge and go back to that mystery that happened then. And then I just know that, okay, I'm covered. You mean like going back to that time where the angel came and you had this? Yes. Yeah, it's like something that you can't describe with other things than it must have been God. Yes, exactly. And I cannot explain it and I don't uh, need to explain no. it, but I yeah. just know that it was uh, there and there is this another reality. There is this God's kingdom that is not yet here, but I know that, that it's there. Yeah, it's here, but not yet here, or how they say, yeah. And also it, it meant to me a lot that it was because of this intercession. It also taught me that it's also about other people. It's also about intercession. It's also about prayer. It's also about the fact that God knows, yes, but God uses other people to give his love miraculously and also like in everyday life. So it's something that we do together, that we need other people to have these kind of miracles as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good way sometimes how God uses other people to also give them faith by using them for another person's health or like in your situation. And I mean, he could just come and fix everything, but sometimes he uses other people's prayer and like friendship in a way to solve things. And sometimes we don't know why things are happening and how things are happening, but I guess it's part of the mystery sometimes. And mm -hmm. I mean, I also been part of those situations where you know, those kind of things. It's like when we pray for people and people are getting healed, like why can't they get healed when they pray for themselves? But sometimes, we don't mm. know, but sometimes maybe he wants to use us and show other people around that he's there and mm -hmm. heals and guides. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. He really is good. there and that he knows what we are going through. Yeah. That's He's great. not ignorant. He, he knows and he wants to pull us through. And despite the suffering is there, but he pulls us through it 
The next story that I wanted to share was so that it goes, in fact, like 10 years from that incident and what happened then. It was to do with, with the thing that I was a workaholic. So I had my life organized so that I overscheduled everything. My schedule was absolutely crazy so that I covered like every minute so that I made every minute worthwhile. And I defined myself and my worth with my work and with the achievements. So, so they were both same to me. My work and my worth were hand in hand things. And luckily that situation ended up in burnout. So that saved me from going on with that kind of way of life. And uh, what I found in that part of my life being 30 about was I found those silent retreats from the church. So Christian silent retreats. And these are like, I would describe them to be like weekend mini monasteries where the silent time and the presence of God is given space, but also the fact that you can be safely there with a group. So you're not alone there, you're with a group. But there I found the rhythm of prayer, the rhythm of the monastery, the rhythm that was healthy. And I saw that I really need the distancing and the retreat thing to distance myself from my everyday life so that I could see what is going on in my life, what is important, why am I doing this, and uh, what do I need to do to go forward in my life. And of course, finding these silent retreats was uh, part of the process so that I came silent retreat guide myself as well. So... And I mean, we will talk a little bit more about this later on, but what were, what are like, if to summarize silent retreat and like, what are like the most valuable learnings from times of having those silent times Mm -hmm. here and there in life? Like if you could choose one thing that is the main thing that this really shaped me or Mm -hmm. helps me with. The thing that helps me in silent retreats and this kind of, you go to the source Mm. You go to the place where you can start. God started from mm. silence. Mm. That's good. And that is kind of the foundation to go back to with God mm. in the silence and mm. start from there. That's the source. Mm. Yeah. Well, then we go again 10 years forward. And what happened then was that I got my child, the birth of my daughter. And the fact that she was born very premature. So she was born three and a half months beforehand. And that is why it was very critical. And what I saw there, of course, was that the line between life and death is like string thin. Mm. And uh, you could see that because the baby, the, the little child was so small and it was so fragile. And so the situation was so delicate that we could see in front of our eyes how life is delicate. Also, that life is not in our hands. We don't control things. It's an illusion that we get in our days that somehow we could control life. But through seeing this miniature child that is uh, hovering there on the narrow string of life and death, you could just uh, see with your own eyes that we don't control anything. And... uh, We can do amazing things with medicine and with the amazing hospital and the personal there. They could do amazing things 
practically miracles. So that in our case, for example, the baby that was 630 gram and could not breathe by herself, could not swallow by herself, we could with medicine and with our knowledge and with our science, we could help her to grow and to breathe herself. But the breath and the life itself comes from another reality. So and, that was um, very, it was very early born. Yeah. Yes, she was born three and a half months too early. And somehow it again went into the Bible's first verses in this situation as well, that God gives life, God blows the breath. We can help to breathe with our machines and teach to breathe, but God gives the breath mm. and the life in the beginning. And that's a miracle every time, even when we breathe, our, when we breathe now, it's like every breath is kind of a mini miracle and that is not in our hands. Mm. And yeah. the situation that we are now, my daughter is 10 years old and uh, everything that this is now the case, it's a miracle, a sequence of miracles. <laughs> yeah, it's really, I can understand a story too, as you said, with the story with you, like when you were 20 there with the angel and the thing you experienced, like this is also another kind of miracle that you can go back to and really like mm -hmm. trust that there's someone who's carry for you and there's someone as you say that gives breath and yeah it's really powerful to see how those things have happened and that it's also been like god really showing up mm -hmm. yes showing yeah. off in fact yeah, showing off probably. That's a better way to say <laughs> showing off is greatness and goodness. And I mean, when we're talking uh, really here, like your own story from, you know, going from a quite stressful life, maybe it's a situation that many of us are in the middle of, like, I don't have kids, so I can't speak for those people. But I mean, there's a lot of things in life that can easily stress us. We are you know, supposed to do all these different things like the society, you know, tells us to be successful and we should have uh, everything and we should do this and this. And yeah, there's so much pressure from the outside. And what we are going to talk about more now is more about like, how do we find the times in life and in our normal days mm -hmm. where we just have time for rest? Like for me, it has maybe before been some like big thing like, oh, need to go somewhere for a week and it's like those things for some people can be a big hindrance and a hard thing to step into because it's such a big investment of time or mm -hmm. of life but I mean for me it's been so interesting to see how do I make this work every day like how do I every day give myself at least some time to where the phone is not there like, yeah, I'm not affected by other things and just being, I mean, sometimes it's praying. Sometimes it could be go out in the nature. Sometimes it could be a dinner with a dear friend without mm -hmm. phones, without television or whatever. So I think it's so important. And I also hear from your story that it's really been something that's kind of shaped you at last couple of maybe 10 years, as you say, or 20 years. Uh, mm. So please share a little bit about your thoughts about this, like having a rhythm of rest in our daily lives. Well, I think that having rest and rhythm with God in our daily lives is something that we do deliberately. This kind of set apart time that we deliberately schedule with God and with ourselves as well, because we are the temple of the Spirit. We are the temple of God. And as you said, there's so much going on in the world 
that the world tells you otherwise. The world doesn't um, encourage you to slow down or to take time apart from world business. It doesn't encourage you to do that. So that's why to do that is a deliberate decision and a choice that you make. And you make make it very often, and then it becomes a habit, and then you get addicted to it, and so on. But it's a decision in the same way as when you put something in, into your calendar every day. You put something maybe into your calendar, or you it's a decision to put that in your calendar, or it's a choice to spend time with your phone or in social media if you want, or in the various apps or news. So the question is also. What are you attached to? And to make decisions from there. And um, I also think that it's remarkable how God trusts us. He really trusts us because he has given us all the time and given us all the freedom to do whatever decisions we want to make with our time. We have the freedom, but he trusts us and he really wants us to come to him not with a should attitude, not with a feeling of being obliged to come to him, but he wants us to come to him from a place of love and respect because yeah. he trusts us and he gives us the space and then his arms are always open. And then the thing that you said about the pressure of the world, that is on the other side of the balance thing. There's this mm. huge trust that God has and the freedom that God gives and the invitation that's they're open. And then there's the pressure of the world saying just the opposite. And also the pressure of the norms, of the expectations of the world to be certain kind and to be in very many places, in very many kind of channels, for example, in order to be someone. <laughs> and mm. we get very easily carried away with these expectations. And that's only natural that if I'm not present, for example, in various places all the time, multitasking or present in, in different places, do I even exist somehow? And that's a fear. Yeah, I think it summarized this word that's popular nowadays, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out. That's okay. like a yes. disease in the society today, I think. And it's affecting all of us in some way. I, I would say some people are better to fight against it. Some yes. people have harder time, but it's always there somewhere that we are like fearing of missing things. We are fearing of people, what they should think and so on. But I mean, when you crashed, you shared earlier, like when you crashed from having a really full life with many things, what were the things you realized why you needed rest? Like, why do we need the time of Sabbath? Why do we need this silent time in God's presence? Well, it comes from, it's need-based. We all have needs of being accepted, the need of being appreciated, the need of being seen and heard. And this is only natural. It's okay. And uh, we need to have the feeling of belonging. We need to have the feeling of being near, closeness, intimacy. So that's all built into us, these needs. And we seek them anyways. So the question is, where do we seek them from? And I believe that we should seek these things from the presence of God and from the place of rest 
and from the place where God gives these answers to us. And anyways, we seek the meaning of life, for example. We seek them from somewhere. And the trick here is in the world today, maybe also earlier, but still the thing is that we seek the feeling of being relevant in, in different life stages as well. So we are not immune from this feeling relevant. We are not immune of this even when we get older. In fact, maybe the opposite even. So it's relevant where we seek these needs. So the question is that do you have them from your calendar or do you have them from the source and the foundation of our well-being and of our life from God. So, Yeah, from, from your own life, when taking time for God in this just being modes, what have you experienced that God has done in you and through you when just being in his presence in this way, mm -hmm. like having these routines? Well, first of all, we become like those we spend our time with, to say it's like in a simple way. <laughs> so when I spend my time with God, there's a chance that I become more, more Jesus-like. <laughs> I become more like he wanted me to be and how he has made me. And then what I've also experienced is that kind of the silence and the solitude and just the being with God is something that kind of turns out the volume, because the volume and the noises and the loudness of life, it has lots of volume. So when I try to put the volume down and make the decision to do so, there's a chance that you can hear something <laughs> from God. So that's also quite simple. So when we silence ourselves, we hear better. And silence is also God's language. So it's mutual and familiar language so that we don't use so much words or wordings or fine kind of ways of saying things. But we can seek and listen to God, how he is in the silence and in the solitude also. So, And that is the way how Jesus also did it. He went out of the crowds, to the mountains, to the lake, to hear better. Yeah, for me, I can really tune into that because for me, it's been like the last couple of years. I actually was inspired by a mentor of mine to really, you know, grab a, a notebook and just ask God, what do you want to tell me right now? Like a simple question like that. And then just write down everything I kind of hear or I think I hear. or <laughs> And that's really been like a practice that has really shaped me so much. It was mm -hmm. also at the time where I started my own company. Uh, I had a little bit of a blank sheet in front of me, what to do and how to do things. And it was really, you know, stepping into this new rhythm of like, okay, I want to start every day asking God, what's on your agenda today for me? And I mean, not every day it worked, not every day I heard things, but many of the decisions I have made these years and many of also decisions not to accept a new kind of job or a new direction. When I look back, I can see so much of God's guidance in my decisions and I can see that they are linked together. At that moment, it might not make sense why some things didn't happen as I wanted it to be. Sometimes I didn't understand that a small thing was actually part of a greater things today. Exactly. So it's yeah. so interesting to see like when I as you say, reduce my own voice and reduce my impressions from all the stuff outside and just be in front of God, then I can actually 
start to hear him because we often talk so much about God can speak to us. We pray God speak to me, but Mm -hmm. then we never listen. And I mean, Mm -hmm. before in my life, it's so much about just praying, talking Mm -hmm. and never listen. And when I started to listen more, it's been so many things that I realized like, okay, God can really show me these small things, like small directions and also this bigger picture that I might get a small glimpse here and there. And then Mm -hmm. after a year, they all make sense to bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's so important. And just as I think you shared earlier, or when we talked before this interview, like you said, it's so much about being like coming in front of God and be not coming in front of God and do. There's so Mm -hmm. much doing in our Christian life as well. Like we should do so much to hear God or we should do so much for God. But sometimes we are just called to be and it's so good. (laughs) So how does rest and Sabbath more practically look in your life? Like how are your routines or how are you trying to work around those things? Well, I myself, I like solitude and I really need those times. So in everyday life, I would say that very small practical things would be like, because I sit very much in the car. So when I'm in the car, that is also my God time. When I wake up or when I wake up during the night time, because I do that quite a lot as well. I don't get depressed out of that, but it's a possibility to just say hello to God and just to breathe with him. And as I said earlier, the living room of God going outside is always something that is quite amazing because when you silence yourself and let your focus kind of um, slow down a bit, you start seeing things a little bit differently. So those things that are in fact right beneath your nose and have been there earlier as well, you start seeing God's work in your everyday life more clearly. Mm -hmm. And you see those little things. And in a mysterious way, you start getting comfort from small things in your Mondays and Tuesdays. It's kind of those um, just hellos from dad. And it's, it's not a technique or it's nothing that I can um, maybe always like put my finger on it. But it's, um, of course, a relationship that um, builds up. But the simple things that have started to be more emphasized is something that is very gratifying and makes you smile even when you face difficulties. Yeah. I also like when we talked about this before we were supposed to record as we do right now, I also shared about this podcast that I've been listening to last year a little bit by John Mark Comer and Jefferson Betke, who's talking about fighting hustle and hurry. And I think it's such a good podcast to recommend for everyone who wants to listen and get even more into this area of finding good pace in life. But I also liked what he shared very practically in one of the episodes. And that's really been something that's affected me this last year is to find this like he said, like, what's your daily routine of Sabbath? What's your weekly routine? And what's your yearly routine? Like he, for himself, like out of his uh, context where he lives and work, like he put aside, you know, phones and everything at a certain time in the night. He didn't pick up it at a certain time in the morning. And mm. then one day a week he had a Sabbath and then one week a year. So it, I think whatever that might look like for people out there, I mean, for us as well, I think it's good to find this, you know, routines that works every day. As you said, it could be in the car. It could be like for me, I like to do it in the morning, the first thing I do, because then when I get all these emails and whatever, those things are affecting me too much. So I need to do my God time before Mm -hmm. that because it's easier for me. 
For some people, it's in the evening. And to find this daily routine, but also on a weekly basis, like we tried that a couple of times now, just having, you know, the Sunday or the Saturday off from like social media, from phones, maybe doing things that are more like, I mean, we have had dinner with friends or we have been out in the nature or we have just, you know, reading books or whatever it could be, but things that gives you possibility to just be and enjoy life in different ways. And also, of course, worship and pray to God. I think that's been so much strengthening me and building me up in a new way. And I'm mm -hmm. just in the start trying this, but it's really, I mean, I really like it. Before mm -hmm. it was more like a thing... That was old and boring, maybe, or, you know, I think you started with that, like, you don't like all these fancy words that mm -hmm. might sound so mysterious. It's basically about taking time off from things that just, what you say, impact you, like outside things, just do things that are seeking God or being with friends, things that gives you energy. I mm -hmm. think that's so important. Yes, and to be in the moment, because one of our poisons is worrying. And worrying is something that is something to do with past or something that is coming in the future, usually not exactly in that moment. So worrying is something that we need to practice all the time to switch that worry mode into something that is more to do with presence of the Father and to live that particular moment and not other moments that you cannot mm. live at that at the same time. Yeah. Isn't it funny that at least for me, it's like every time I go to God in moments of stress or worries, it's most of the times I go out from that time of prayer, what it is with East heart, like mm -hmm. the worries are almost all the time gone because you see things from another perspective. You see that, okay, this worry is not a big thing, actually. And sometimes it is, of course, but often it's small things and often it's things that when you just put your focus on God and on, you know, the main thing, those things mm. are quite small. Before going to the end, is there anything more you want to add on around Sabbath resting? Maybe I would want to encourage every one of us to kind of go for it, <laughs> to go for slowing down and to take the risk of the uncomfort zone possibility. Because there is also this factor that I hear quite a lot that people are also unawaringly maybe afraid of solitude or of silence or it's something that confuses our thinking and it's natural to do that that it happens but there's also this kind of fear of emptiness that I hear or fear of what I'm going to encounter if I'm silent for a while or if I'm alone or is it something that I'm going to encounter that I don't like or there's some kind of emptiness or hollowness that I'm going to encounter and that's uh, something that we don't want to see. So I would like to kind of encourage us in that field, also as a church, that when we put aside the loudness of life and maybe the uh, amount of words that we need all the time, we can also do that like together. So, so in a way, for example, in silent retreats, which is a group process, in fact, It's very comforting to know that you are there as a group and, for example, as a church as well. So in a way, in that kind of reality, there is no emptiness there. And God is good in comforting. And comforting usually happens in a place where there's space and silence. He is a comforting God and someone who can, can really powerfully act in a place where there seems that nothing happens. 
it doesn't always need to be lots of big spiritual things happening and so on. But in silence, you are with God, you are in good hands and in powerful, like heavenly parents' hands that you can always also be there with the group, with the church, with the other Christians as well. So Yeah, I I think that's good. And also like taking time of rest and being in God's presence. It's nothing that we should be only alone or it could be something we do together. I think often it's Mm. really good to do it together. And yeah, so to sum up this conversation today, I think it has been really good. And I bring a lot of wisdom from this conversation and inspiration, I would say. Mm. And I also believe that people will do that are listening. But to sum up today's talk, if you were to choose one thing that you hope and wish would challenge and also inspire people after this conversation, what would that be? Maybe I would want to emphasize the simplicity part, that the mystery here lies in the simplicity. We don't need to be somehow extra spiritual or things like that in order to kind of dwell in God's presence in this way that we have talked about. The simplicity is there and God's wonders happen also in the simple things. And maybe also I would want to add that we don't need to kind of achieve anything from this. This is not about, for example, listening prayer or this kind of spirituality is nothing to do with achievements or having some kind of accomplishments or being into some kind of levels or something like that. It's the mystery of being (laughs) with, Mm. with God. Thank you so much for this talk and I'm very happy about it and I really hope you all the best coming time and my prayer is that we will learn to be more wise in our life when it comes to what to prioritize in life with time and time of Sabbath and also time of you know being active doing things but also mm. all the time having this rhythm of going back mm. and so on. So thank you so much for joining in today. And I hope to see you soon in person, maybe at a vineyard conference. We have the summer camp in the summer, finally, after a couple of years of canceling due to <laughs> Corona. So that's going to be fun. That's going to um, be really fun. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much and bye bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to follow the Vino Nordic movement and everything that is happening, you can go to Facebook and Instagram and follow us under Vineyard Nordic. You can also help us by subscribing to this podcast on the different podcast platforms. When doing that, you will also get an update every time we have a new episode out. So again, thank you and see you again next time. Bye bye.